0: You are listening to the Lima Community Church podcast. The following was recorded at Lima Community Church of the Nazarene in Lima, Ohio. Well, we've been talking a lot about a little house next to Elida Elementary called the Sunnydale House, and an awful lot of you have volunteered time and have worked. This week, I'm happy to tell you, it opened with 256 students, yeah, how about that? And, and by far and large, the majority of these students don't have a church home at all. You know, 75% of our neighbors aren't inclined to go anywhere. And if we are going to reach this next generation for Jesus, we've gotta do things in new ways. Let me show you a little bit, some of you haven't seen this, so here is the outside of the Sunnydale house, and, and more work has been done, there's been landscaping done. This picture is a couple weeks old. Here's one of the classrooms, isn't that nice? Here's another classroom, and um, here's a, a break room that uh, for the teachers, and all those cabinetry has been supplied by Doug Coolidge, part of our congregation, who incidentally, I should tell you, is, is battling cancer. Man, we need to be praying for Doug. And his family. Um, so that's that's the Sunnydale House. Now, in a couple weeks, uh, we are convening a group of uh, pastors and business leaders. I've been asked to chair a steering committee, and we will be analyzing and praying through where we go next. What a, what's the next school? Uh, the goal is that every elementary school in Allen County will have an equivalent to the Sunnydale House next to it. So we can make use of religious uh, release time education to teach the word of God. So that's pretty cool, huh? Amen. I think so. Yeah. Well, we, uh, we, we've kind of been under a little bit of a strain, uh, um, a load here. We've had uh, just an awful lot of funerals, meeting with an awful lot of families, preparing funerals. We've got two this next week, two good friends of mine, Steve Webb and Tuesday and Jack Newman on Friday and meet with another family tonight. And and so I knew this was going to happen sooner or later, but this has never happened to me. In 35 years of ministry, this has never happened to me. I'm having lunch. I get a phone call yesterday. And it's Karen Walkup, who was just up here with the new members, right? Karen said, are you on your way? I said, well, I'll get there. She said, Doug, it's eight minutes to one. I said, well, I know, but the funeral's at three. She said, Doug. She said, the funeral's at one. I said, no, I thought she was pulling my leg. She said, Doug, the funeral's at one. I said, okay, do it. You'll be fine. Uh, (laughs) No, I'll tell you what, I just... Uh, everything in me, oh! I mean, every pastor fears this. I mean, the, 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 every, this is the pastor's greatest fear: that, that, and, and using the restroom, and somebody forgetting to turn off your mic. That, those are the two things. <laughs> that every pa- <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what I felt terrible. Well, I'll tell you, I. I got here in record time. We started it at 1:15, Now, I broke every speeding law in the book to get here. <laughs> and you know what the family said afterwards? They said, that's no problem. She was late for her own funeral. That's just perfectly fine. <laughs> uh, well, let me ask you some questions. Does life happen too fast for you Sometimes. Do you feel like you're always in a hurry? Do you feel overwhelmed with the demands that are facing you? Are you exhausted? Has the everyday excitement of life eluded you of late? Would you say you're discouraged? Do you feel bombarded with worry and fear? Are you carrying such a heavy load that you don't think you can continue to carry it much longer? Now, if you answered in the affirmative to any or all of those, that's good to admit. And it's especially good that we have some words today of Jesus (laughs) that are really written and spoken to you. A wonderful promise in Matthew The 11th chapter, verse 28 through 30. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Now, we live in a stressful time, right? I don't, I don't think anybody would argue that. And perhaps we have grown so accustomed to stress that we've learned to ignore the, the warning signs. Well, let me just refresh your memory. The physical warning signs of, of stress include sleep disturbances and digestive upsets and agitated behavior and an increased heart rate A general restlessness, muscle tension, chest pains, dizziness, nervousness, high blood pressure, lack of energy, fatigue, and the list goes on. Any of those? Or how about the mental or cognitive signs of stress? Mental slowness, confusion or mental fog, negative attitudes or thoughts, constant worry, A racing mind, a difficulty being able to concentrate, forgetfulness, difficulty in thinking through a logical sequence, and the sense that life is overwhelming and that you can't problem solve. There's emotional signs of stress. They would include uh, irritation and no sense of humor and feeling overwhelmed and overworked a sense of helplessness, a sense of apathy. And behavioral signs, a a decreased contact with family and friends, poor relationships at work, loneliness, avoiding others because you feel so cranky, failing to set aside time for relaxation. My guess is a whole lot of us in this room, identified with some or several of those factors. And what we need is a rest, but not a physical rest. We need a spiritual rest, a rest that only he can give. The kind of rest that Jesus is talking about in these three simple little verses. And in these verses, we, we hear three invitations. Let's look at them. The first one is, come to me. Come to me. Jesus is saying, bring it to me. If you've identified this, bring it to him. Come to Jesus. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Now, there's more involved here than what meets the eye. We need to position ourselves to receive this rest. And and we'll talk about that here in a moment. But I want you to know this promise isn't unique. Jesus says things like this elsewhere. He says... In John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. My peace I give you. It's a peace that we can't manufacture. We can't rev up. It's a peace we can't positive mental framework find. It's a peace that he gives us. And sometimes in the middle of the storm, he gives us this. He said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. My peace I give you. But we position ourselves to receive this. So let's talk about that. Here's the second invitation Learn from me. He has things for us to learn, he has things to teach us. He says, Take my yoke upon you and learn. For me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Here, the word yoke is used metaphorically. You all know what a yoke is, right? It's it's uh, uh, it's it's a piece of woodwork uh, that fits over the the shoulders of two cows or two oxen or two donkeys or mules, and it allows them to share the load. And it it forces them to cooperate with one another. One of them can't go this way and the other go that way. One can't go real fast and the other go real slow. It it enables them to work together well. Uh, They did some research on this and one oxen was able to pull 10,000 pounds and another oxen was able to pull 14,000 pounds. So they put these two oxen in one yoke and they... They wanted to see how much that that team could pull. And they found that instead of 24,000 pounds, which was, you know, the 10,000 and the 14,000, they pulled 49,000 pounds. They are able to do so much more because they were yoked together. And Jesus invites us into his yoke. There's a, a few things to consider here. Number one, a a yoke gives us a connection. It, It yokes us. We're on this half and Jesus is on this half. You and I were never intended to go through life alone. We were made for fellowship with God. And so we join him in this wonderfully fitting yoke. And without the yoke, often we move too fast. We we work too hard, we burn out, or we go in the wrong direction, or we do things that do not need to be done. So the yoke connects us to Jesus. Number, a second thing to consider is the yoke gives us direction. <laughs> you can't go this way and Jesus go that way. We're in his yoke. We go the same direction. And it also involves cooperation. We cooperate with Jesus in his work. He's inviting us to walk with him, to labor with him, to do what he does. In verse 29 of what we read, it says, for for I am gentle and humble in heart. It's Jesus's humility that is absolutely astounding. Here is the creator of the universe, the owner of it all. And when he comes here, he comes humble. He doesn't draw attention to himself. He says, foxes have dens, birds have nests. I have nowhere to lay my head. He's humble. And when he says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest, he's inviting us into his yoke and his humility. There are three things I want you to see about the humility of Jesus that you and I can wear as well. Number one, his focus was on his father's will, not his will. He said, for I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of the one, uh, the will of him who sent me. He says this over and over again. I do Only what I see the father doing. He defers to the father all the time. The focus is never on him. He always redirects the focus to the father. Secondly, he he, he takes any focus that would come to him. He takes it off of himself and points it to others. You, you can't read the New Testament and find any self-serving uh, siliquity of Jesus's. He constantly lived for others. Paul tells us in Philippians 2, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, humility value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest. of Of others. And he did. It's so winsome. About his humility. He didn't draw attention to himself. He allowed the focus to go on the father. And the focus to go on others. And lastly. He didn't come to be served. He came to serve. He he settled squabbles by his disciples numerous times. One time they were arguing about who was the greatest and he grabs a child and he puts a child there in front of him and says, listen, if you want to be the greatest, you must become like a child. Elsewhere he says, if you want to be the greatest, you must become the servant of all. But he didn't just talk about it. He showed it. In John 13, he washes his disciples' feet And when he concludes, it says this. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you. So in Jesus' day, feet washing was necessary. It isn't today. But there are other things, right? There are other ways that we serve. We follow Jesus' lead. He says, come to me, You who are burdened and weary, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. What do we need to learn? To focus on the will of the Father, not ours. To focus on others, not ourselves. To look to serve and not to be served. And then he gives the third invitation. Rest in me. Rest in me, for my yoke, he says, is easy and my burden is light. He is not impressed with our busyness. He is not overjoyed by, or by our overwhelmedness. He has something better for us. An easy yoke. And a burden that is light. Elsewhere he says, cast all your anxiety, all your worry on him because he cares for you. Come to me. Learn. For me, rest in me. Would you bow your heads? Our Father in heaven, we acknowledge that we have much to learn from this passage of Scripture. We acknowledge Sometimes we read things like this and we want you to slap it on us, make us feel better. Failing to read that we can't do the things we always do and feel differently. We have to follow you and learn from you. So I pray you'll help us. The first step being come to you. Acknowledging that we have a need to come to you because we are burdened. We are overwhelmed. The Holy Spirit, we pray to you, recognizing the fact that you are fully God. You're not God's errand boy. You are fully God. And we recognize that what you love to do is to bring men and women and boys and girls into the very heart of the Father. So we pray now you'll do just that that you'll call some now to step up and to obey and to come to Jesus with their heavy burdens with no one looking around at all I wonder of the many many who are here that would would say yeah I, I need to do that I wonder if you want to stand. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I'm just going to ask you to stand right where you are. We'll have a word of prayer in a moment. Who wants to stand and say, I need to come to Jesus? Life's gotten a little out of hand. I need to pay attention to this. I'm coming to Jesus right now. Would you stand? sure who else all over who else sure sure there's no shame in this friends there's no shame in this there's glory in this I need I need Jesus I need to bring my brokenness to him sure who else who else Bring him my tiredness. I come to him. Who else? Who else? Father, all throughout this auditorium, you see people standing. And I thank you for their honesty, their integrity. And I pray that they meet you this isn't just a little ditty at the end of a service but what follows this is serious work of allowing you to rearrange some things but I pray right now that the main thing you do in this instance is to remind everyone who's standing that they are not alone and that you're not in any way mad at them You love them, and you're proud of them, and they're not alone, and you will see them through. Bless these ones standing. May this be the beginning of a new chapter for them, I pray in Jesus' name. Now, if everybody would stand. My Father, I pray that you will dismiss us in your great love. I pray that we would be your people this week. That we would love as we have been loved. We would give as we have been given to. We would forgive as freely as we have been forgiven. Help us represent you well. And if there are some who don't know you, if, they, if you would talk to their hearts. If they would remain and pray, we would pray with them. Send us away in your great grace. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. I love you. Have a great week. Thank you for listening. For more information about our church, visit limacommunitychurch.com.